Hello and welcome. Welcome to The Damage. I'm Gillian Hamilton and I'm your host. Today we're going to explore Your Health Is Your Wealth, featuring 50% of Australia's population. Are you getting back to work or are you finally having a minute to breathe? At some businesses who are still at work, the people who are at work, and others that are home, some are allowed to consider going back to work soon and others are just entering back into the workplace. Others finally have a minute to spare and might need to play a little bit of catch up for some of the basics. Where you sit, we have been told by the Australian government that we need to meet the COVID-19 10 golden rules, which are pretty vague and pretty tricky. So we did a bit of an interpretation document and a decode. We call it the decode and try to explain all of the requirements. One of the aspects that we need to consider is who is a worker who is at risk. What does this mean? What is an at-risk worker about COVID-19? Some workers may be higher risk to the COVID-19 than other workers. As an employer, we need to make sure we don't put these workers at risk when they return back to the workplace or are at the workplace. Some people who catch COVID-19 can get really, really sick, and these people are deemed at-risk people, and some things make more people at risk than others. Who can be at risk? There is direct and indirect at-risk workers. When is a worker directly at risk? Well, according to the medical professionals, so please don't take any of these things personally if it is you, these people are classified as high risk or at risk of COVID-19 if they catch it. It is very likely they can get very ill and may even pass away from catching the disease. As an employer, colleague or friend, nobody I know wants to make another person sick or even so sick that they may pass away. But there is a lot of people in the workplace who are deemed at risk. If you are one of any of these categories or any of your workers are, you are at risk and need to complete a risk assessment before they enter the workplace legally and ethically. This is a legal and ethical decision which must be considered and the best option may might not be working at work but working another way working remotely or in another different place or uh, work arrangement. If you cannot do that, additional considerations and measures in consultation with the person's medical professional must be taken into place and may taken into consideration before the worker returns back to their usual workplace. These people are categorised as people who are at risk of COVID-19. Anybody who's 70 years or older. If somebody is 70 years or older, they're, they're already deemed at risk, even if they're fit as a fiddle. If somebody is 70 years and under, there is still a large amount of people who are deemed at risk of COVID-19. These people are people who have chronic long-term respiratory diseases, such as asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema or bronchitis, uh, bronchoscolic colon, anyway, somebody else can read that word, heart disease such as heart failure or chronic heart failure, chronic kidney disease, 
chronic liver disease, such as uh, neurological conditions, Parkinson's disease, motor neuron disease, multiple sclerosis and learning disabilities or cerebral palsy, diabetes, problems with your spleen, for example, sickle cell disease, or if you've had your spleen removed, a weakness in the immune system, such as conditions of HIV or AIDS or medicines such as steroid tablets or people who are on chemotherapy, being seriously overweight with a BMI of 40 or above, those who are pregnant, people who have received an organ transplant or remaining an ongoing uh, immunosuppression medication, people with cancer who are undergoing active chemo or radiation therapy, people with cancers of the blood or bone marrow, such as leukemia, who are at any one stage of the treatment, people with severe chest conditions, such as cystic fibrosis or severe asthma requiring hospital admissions and steroid tablets, people have severe diseases of their body system, such as severe kidney disease who have to undergo dialysis. Any party with any of these conditions need to declare this to you as an employer and need to make some decisions with them and their doctors about their employment safety and the employment safety conditions. Now, these are the direct people who are directly at risk, but let's consider who can be an at-risk indirect employee. When is a worker at risk indirectly? Well, a worker may be an at-risk indirect party when the worker has none of the conditions that are listed above, but they may live with, care for, or are directly related to somebody who is at risk. So what does this mean? It means if a worker does not present as at risk due to their conditions listed above, listed before, um, however, one of their family members, so like a child, a husband, a wife, a partner, a flatmate, their uncle they care for, their parents they care for, they may be at risk, which then makes this particular employee also at risk. As an employer, colleague or friend, nobody wants to make another person so sick or another person's loved one so sick that they may even pass away. Also, there is some pretty serious legal ramifications and we don't want to go there. These people are classed as high-risk or at-risk, vulnerable people of COVID-19 if they catch it. And it's very likely that they could get very ill and may even pass away from this disease. As an employer, colleague or friend, nobody wants to make this happen. How many people could there actually be at risk? Well, we did the numbers, and there is a lot of people who would be deemed at risk at work. If you are any of these categories or any of your workers are, you are deemed at risk and need to complete a risk assessment before entering the workplace. A legal and ethical decision must be considered, and the best option may not be working at work, but working another way. If you cannot do those in those additional, if you cannot work another way, there needs to be additional considerations and measures made in consultation with the worker's medical profession and must be taken before a worker returns to work. As an employer, you may say, but my staff members have never told me any of these kind of things before. Why would I even check this? 
Again, I refer to the fact that only 7% of businesses are really into safety. And this is one of the elements that sometimes is not asked and not considered of their workforce because they consider some of these items personal and private and don't want to wish to dolve or uh, go into a person's private medical conditions. The thing is, people live their lives, that's true. And not every staff member, much to our concerns and fears and current realities, bring their troubles and their personal life to work. Not all of your staff. But in this case, we need to ask. We need to make it a safe place where people can be asked and also a safe place where people can tell you, yes, I actually am at risk and I'm concerned about returning back to the workplace, or I'm not at risk, but my husband is, or my father is who I live with and care for, or my child has asthma, very serious, and I cannot return to the workplace unless we have some specific considerations in place so we can all be assured that our family will be okay, will be safe, and we won't have any COVID transactions. This is very important. So what is these numbers? How many people would you think are at risk anyway? Well, we did some graphs. We did some statistics and we got them from reputable sources. And some people must suffer more than one of these conditions because these statistics, when you take just a small look, well, if this doesn't blow your head off, there is a lot and little hope for you. So we see that the total workforce population and we see a large amount of seriously overweight, many people with neurological disorders, many people with liver disease, asthma, and the list goes on. There is numbers over, people who are over 70, there's over 105,000 people who are over 70. There is, according to the Asthma Foundation, 2.7 million people with asthma. People with heart disease, according to the Australian government, is 1.2 million. People with chronic kidney disease, according to the Australian government, is 240,000. People with chronic liver disease, 6 million. People with Parkinson's, 80,000. People with motor neuron, 1,200. People with multiple sclerosis, 25,000. People with cerebral palsy, 34,000. People with neurological disorders, 10.4 million. People with uh, diabetes, 1.2 million. People who are seriously overweight, 12.5 million. People who are pregnant today, 315,000. People who are undergoing chemo on an average year, 684,000. And our total population is 24,000. We have huge numbers of at-risk people in Australia. And many other nations also have huge numbers of at-risk, but Australia, we have a large, large number of people who are at risk. So what can we do? What can we do as a solution to help solve this very important challenge that we have in our workplace right now with COVID-19? So number one, businesses need to find out directly from their workers in a safe and psychologically safe, it's okay to tell us kind of way, are you at risk? We need to ask our workforce, are they at risk? We need to have a checklist. We need to ask them, do you have any of these underlying conditions? Or does anybody that you live with or that you care for have any of these underlying conditions? And if they do, we need to move to the next step. 
So the first of all, uh, you will notice that there is a fantastic uh, hierarchy of controls triangle, which shows the hierarchy of controls for COVID-19, where elimination, taking the worker out of the workplace is obviously the best situation to avoid getting COVID. Uh, substitution is not applicable. Engineering is where we have physical barriers. So you might notice that when you go to the supermarket, there's the perspex between you and the person providing the services. Uh, there is also, uh, a, a, which is a you know another more strong way of separating people from the risk of COVID. Um, and then you have obviously administration controls where you have rules and people working from home and there's uh, uh, procedures and processes and you have to wash your hands lots of times. And then there's PPE where people may uh, use a mask, etc., but and gloves, but this is obviously the least effective manner. So if you follow this COVID hierarchy of control method and you work through the challenges with the particular worker, what is their job duties, and again, I remind you that this has to be done with a medical professional uh, because we're making decisions about people's employment, we're making decisions about their lives, we're making decisions about their loved ones and who may be at risk. And this is something that we want to do right. So if the worker cannot work from home, you need to review this uh, with a uh, occupational physician. And, and don't just use a regular doctor. You need to use an occupational physician who specialises in workplace risks for workers. And the doctor, the employer and the worker will come up with the best solution for each worker in each situation. And so some businesses may have uh, a number of at-risk people and maybe those people could work in a particular working pod because it's not also beneficial there's another at-risk situation to leave those particular people who are vulnerable at home um, then we might be able to create a, a safe zone for particular vulnerable people in the workplace itself so there's lots of solutions but there's also it is unique for every single business um, and some of these solutions are going to also involve some pretty tough decisions, um, but other solutions will make your business better forever. And so we need to work through these individually. The number of at-risk workers are actually petrifying when you look at the, the figures. Um, Australian businesses must address this issue to their staff, to their staff's families and to their businesses and possibly to the owner's families as well. The challenges is to undertake work that will be very demanding for all employers, especially when we find at least 50% of the Australian workforce is possibly at risk, or you know the numbers say they're at risk. Um, and we need to consider um, each approach uh, and we need to consider each individual worker. Uh, and this will be something that will be a different outcome for every different business, every different worker. Um, and so we do need to work through those individually.